Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Oh, for a people that will press to hear the word of God. He stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were going out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's or Simon Peter, and prayed him that he would push out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught or for a harvest. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners. This is a very critical verse of scripture. Verse 7. They beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. And I submit to you that God is fixing to put such a blessing on you that you're going to have to call for help. I'm going to say it one more time. God is fixing to put such a blessing on you that you're going to have to involve other people in his blessing. Now, Lord, we thank you for the reading of your word. And for the next few moments of time, we ask you for a prophetic unction and an apostolic anointing to be among us today. I pray specifically for the mantle of enlargement, the mantle of increase, the mantle of abundance to come on your people. And we thank you, Lord, that this charge will go forth in the spirit and the people will receive what thus saith the Lord is for their personal lives in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to high-five three people and tell them it's time to launch. Tell them it's time to launch. You may be seated. Belief in the vision and obedience to God will result in a great harvest for us in 2024. Belief in the vision and obedience to God will result in a great harvest for us in 2024. If you believe, you can. If you believe you won't, you most assuredly won't. Belief is the ignition switch 
that gets you off the launching pad. Everyone shout the word believe. believe. Obedience many times is uncomfortable. But obedience is never unnecessary. Obedience is many times uncomfortable. But obedience is never unnecessary. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I really believe that God is just looking for people that will simply obey. Just be obedient to his word. Be obedient to his authority. Be obedient to his will. This word launch is very interesting in scripture in a very practical way. It just means to move away from something and move into something. And many times it has this connotation of moving away from what is too familiar in order to move into what is unfamiliar, which takes both faith and courage coupled with obedience and belief. Hmm. Launch, to leave what is familiar, to move out of what is familiar in order to move into what is unfamiliar. I'll say it again. It takes courage and faith to leave what you are familiar with. It also means to start in motion or to set in motion. You say it another way. Launch means to start motion or to cause motion. Motion is very important in relation to movement. No motion, no movement. Movement is very important to moments. Moment is the root word for momentum. If you miss the moment, you miss the motion, you miss the movement. You have to treat church services, I'll just say it like that, like moments. A moment is not a minute. A moment is an experience. If we would come to the house of God and treat it like a special moment with God. I promise you that we would carry more momentum through our destiny. We're going to concentrate today on three words out of this text. And as I previously stated, I've preached from this text so many times, I thought there is nothing left. It's like eating fried chicken. I remember eating fried chicken with my mentor when I was 19. And I ate the chicken down to the bone and he looked at me and said, are you done with it? I said, yes, sir, I'm done with it. He said, let me show you something. And he took that drumstick and he cracked it in half and he started sucking the marrow out of that bone. 
Now that's getting all of it. And I thought I had preached this thing right down to the marrow. And this morning as I was studying and praying for you and believing God to really touch you and encourage you, I realized there's more meat on the bone. This word launch is actually used twice in Luke chapter 5. It's used in verse 3 and it's used in verse 4. In verse 3, it is expressed with these words, push out or thrust out. Irregardless or regardless of, I said that on purpose. My daddy used to always say, irregardless. There ain't no such a word as irregardless. It's regardless of. Regardless of both these words in the Greek vernacular, they have to do with bringing something up or stirring something up or exciting something in someone. I will unequivocally state today that my intention is to stir you up. Yeah, my, yeah, my intention today is to bring up things about God and about your purpose in this earth that will excite you to the point that you are willing to launch out of wherever you've been in order to get where God has ordained you to enjoy. So let's look at it in verse 3. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon Peter's, and prayed him that he would push out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Really, Luke chapter 5 in verses 1 through 7 is just about two people, really. It's just about Jesus and Peter. When you really look at it, it has to do with two characters. Number one, Jesus. And Jesus' problem is he has a multitude of people and no space. Peter's problem is he's got a ton of space and no content. And there's a collision of these two characters. Jesus needs space. Peter needs content. So when you look at the text, Peter had what Jesus needed. And Jesus had what Peter needed. So he would say to Simon Peter, you have what I need to accomplish my mission. My mission is to get my word to this multitude. But the multitude has me backed up on this beach. And the only thing behind me is water and your boat. You have what I need. When I saw that today, the Holy Ghost ignited a fire and passion in me concerning God's people. And we need, it is high time for us to stop acting like God don't need us. As a matter of fact, many preachers will preach with an attitude of, God don't need you. He has somebody else. 
Well, I came here to negate that statement and to challenge that idea that God don't need you. I came by to tell you that God not only needs you, he absolutely wants you. And he wants you in the very condition that you are in. Now, everything about Peter says, Jesus don't need me. My boat is empty. I have nothing to offer. And Jesus looked at a man with an empty boat and he said, I need you. And I came by here this morning to tell you that the Lord has need of you. Just like the donkey that was tied at the crossroads, go tell the man, I have need of him. And the Lord needs you. If the Lord didn't need somebody, then why did he choose Esther with these words? You have arrived at the kingdom for such a time as this, I need you. Now, if you're not available, I can always find somebody else, but touch your neighbor and tell them you the first choice. You are the first choice. God has need of you with all your problems, with all your emptiness, with all your discouragement, with all your depletion, all your despondency. God has need of you. I need you to tell three people God needs you. I'm sorry. Woo. When I saw that this morning, I had to throw my hands in the air and say, God, I thank you that you still need Rick Hawkins. I thank you, God, that you're not done with me yet. I thank you, Lord, with everything I've been through in my life, you still, tell your neighbor, God still needs you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And then the Bible says that Jesus stepped into Peter's boat. And he said, now launch out a little. Let's stop there. A little. Let's, let's look at it. Launch out a little. Many people expect a lot from God, but they refuse him even a little of themselves. Stay with that, Pastor Greek. If he can't trust you, I didn't say it. If he can't trust you with a little, why would he trust you with a lot? Why do you think Jesus said there'll be a day that the Father will look at you and say, you have been faithful over little things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many things. You can't tell me that God does not pay attention to what we are doing with the little stuff. Why do you complain about tithe? Tithe is so small compared to the whole loaf. 
out of 100% is not very much. And if he can't trust you with the tithe, then why would he give you the whole thing? Y'all get you, boy, just now you were shouting, but let me get in your pocketbook and you start changing your amen to oh me. 10% ain't very much. And if he can't trust you with a little, why should he trust you with a lot? Why do we want the big so bad when we not really dealt with the small? Why are you trying to start a church and you can't be trusted with a Bible study? Why are you trying to do something so big and you've mismanaged something that was so small? I agree. Peter saw nothing to offer. Jesus saw everything. Peter had given up when Jesus stepped in. What you gave up on is about what, it's about what Jesus is fixing to work with. I'll say it again. What you gave up on is what Jesus is about to work with. Thrust out a little. For me to do what I want to do, I just need you to do a little. I'll do a lot. Y'all ain't hearing that. The Lord says, I'll do a lot if you will just do a little. Can you get your family to church? Can, can you just read my word? Can, can you give me 15 minutes of prayer a day? If you'll just give me a few loaves and a few fish, I'll feed the entire multitude. See, you think I need a lot to do a lot, but the reality is all I need is just a little to do a whole lot. Yes is a very little word. And it's the biggest word you will ever speak in your life. Y-E-S. Yes to God. And it opens up a world of opportunity. And Jesus says, I need to give these people what they are pressing to receive. Peter, they need a word from me but I need obedience from you. What if one of your acts of obedience allowed Jesus the opportunity to reach a multitude of people? One man's obedience allowed Christ to speak to a multitude of people, which tells me your disobedience would never deny him the ability to reach a multitude, but it could certainly delay it. 
So the question is this, can he trust you with a little? Launch out a little. That's all he said. Launch out a little. You know, in my mind, I'm not going to do this, but in my mind, here's what I saw this morning when I was preaching this part of it. I, I almost thought, yeah, it would be a great opportunity to tell the people just move over one chair. Just if everybody shifted one chair. Uh, if we did, Woody would be sitting on the floor. But if you can, why don't you just move over one chair? Just, just move one chair. Just, there you go. Just move, move one chair. Just a few of you. I thought it would be about 15 of you. That's good. Just move. Just move. How much did you move right there? Just a little. But in order for you to do it, it caused a little bit of discomfort and people were looking at each other strange and why is he asking us to do that? And do you not know that many times God will ask you to move just a little to see if you're willing to deal with people looking at you funny because you chose to move. I'm preaching better than you talking back to me. And some of y'all just need to move a little from some people in your life. I didn't tell you to cut them off. You just need to move a little. They're too comfortable around you. Things have gotten too familiar between you. And when you stop impacting each other's lives for the good, you need to move just, just a little. The second meaning of this word launch is found in verse 4. When he had left off speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. Everybody say this with me. If you want the deep, you have to handle the little. Let me work on this a little bit. Because you were available for what I needed, now I'm going to give you everything you want. Because you were obedient to move just a little, I'm going to give you everything you've been looking for everything you've been toiling for, everything you've been fishing for, launch out into the deep. Second move is not a move from the familiar, but a move into the unfamiliar. Why? Because these men knew fish swim deep at night is daytime. Let me help you. When Jesus gives you a word, he'll change the season to make the word work. Y'all just missed that. He'll turn night into day to make the word work. And when he says launch out into the deep, it literally means launch out into the mysterious the unknown, the unfamiliar. Launch out into the profound. 
having the idea of penetrating one's being to discover greatness. It's beyond the ordinary into the extraordinary. Change often seems strange. Oh, I'm preaching so good today. Ooh, man. I know some churches, if I was preaching like this, people would be running up here planting seed. Change often seems strange. Abram, launch out from your country and your kind and go to a land I will show you. The secret is this. If you can launch, I can turn you into a great nation. But if you refuse to launch, you'll always be who you've always been. Until you leave, listen to it carefully, the shallowness of familiarity, you will never enjoy the depth of your destiny. Until you are willing to leave the shallowness of familiarity, you will never enjoy the depths of your destiny. What you do not realize is the people that have insulated you with words of comfort are comfortable because you have not changed. But when you choose to change your mind and your way of thinking and your way of living, then you make them uncomfortable because they think you do not qualify for the level you have embarked on to live in. I'll say it another way. Everybody around you is not for you. Because you are familiar with them, don't make it right. Preach, Pastor Rick. Familiarity breeds contentment. Be very careful about who you are too familiar with. Let me leave this thing alone. Launch out into the profound. You know what God told me? This is the year of not only the great door. This is the year that God will do prophetically profound things in the life of his people. Now let me show you something. We've been here for how long, Josh? It's going on seven years. Can you believe that? I can't. And the Lord spoke to me ever so clear this morning and says these words. I hope you enjoyed the little. Because I'm about to remove from you little thinkers. Small thinkers cause big problems. Big dreams require big thinkers. And small thinkers always cause trouble. So get ready for a lot. So I went back over my history in ministry, and it goes something like this. Kids, let's bake the cookies on Friday night. 
And let's get the acoustic guitar because on Saturday morning we're going to the nursing home. Were you a pastor at that time, Pastor Rick? No, I was just a Bible college student. You did what? I took my family every Saturday morning for a year to a nursing home with an acoustic guitar and we sang and we gave them cookies and talked about God. Ain't that something? I remember washing the toilets at Higher Dimensions Evangelistic Center. I remember carrying the Bible for my pastor. I started thinking today about all the small things that I've done, just little stuff. And then watch God just begin to add and multiply until we built a charter school with over 3,000 at-risk students in the state of Texas. Not one campus, not two, but nine campuses in the state of Texas. Then I realized we oversee two churches. And all that God has done with us in business. And I'm so very grateful, but God said it all started on Friday night baking cookies for the old folks' home. And before you get the idea that you're supposed to be on platforms, get in the restrooms. Before you ask for the deep, be responsible for the shallow. I'm almost done. And the Lord said to me that Quest Launch 2024 is going to be about handling a lot. Everyone shop big stuff. I told you the dreams I have about helping young people in this area. This is a meth capital. Meth houses all over this community. If I told you, listen, let's build a home. Let's all combine our resources and build a home for rehabilitation and restoration. I just wonder if anybody would get with that. I just wonder what you would do if we said we're going to start another quest in Edmond or we're going to start another quest in Mustang or we're going to start another quest in Yukon. Or are you so familiar with what we have that you refuse the profound? Profound people leave impact in the earth. Then he said, when you get in the deep, let down your nets. <laughs> Give opportunity. Free yourself from the confinement of not catching anything. I love it. I love it when them old preachers used to preach this and say, throw your net on the other side. <laughs> Cast your net. One more time. Boy, I used to love that boy, that B3 going around. And, and, and he'd say, there's a big catch, but you got to throw it one more time. And everybody starts shouting. 
Y'all don't hear me. One more time. When he says, let down your net for a great catch. It has this idea of, I'm fixing to put you on a path of hunting and chasing like you've never seen in your entire life. You know what the problem with many people is? We ain't chasing him no more. As a deer pants after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O oh God. There's something about chasing God that produces a harvest. There's something about going after God that produces souls born into the kingdom of God. But if you want a harvest of souls, you have to be hungry for his presence. If you go after him, he will go after them. Let down your net for a great catch. Give me the opportunity to work for you like you've never seen me work. If you will release, I will reveal. I can't help it. I feel this thing here. Let has to do with you, not him. Let God arise and his enemies will be scattered. The question is, what are you willing to let God do with you and through you? If there's anybody in this building that will say, Pastor Rick, I am willing to let God use me in any capacity that he desires, I dare you to give him 10 seconds of crazy praise. I'm almost done. Launch. Let. Look. Watch what happens. And they, when they caught this great catch of fish, beckoned unto their partners, whew, which was in the other ship, to come help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Here's the question. If Peter would have never launched out, would those guys ever got their blessing? Many people's blessing is dependent upon your obedience. Until you go, they ain't leaving. When I saw that, Everyone shout as loud as you can, partners. It doesn't say that they looked at the fish. It doesn't say they looked at the catch. It says they beckoned, they look for their partners. The Lord spoke to me and said, stop being distracted by the de detractor. Stop being distracted by the detractor. Do not be antagonized by the antagonizers. Do not be fixated on your foes. We spend so much time thinking about people who were that we look right past people who are. Preach in here, Pastor Rick. 
We get so concentrated on why they did that that we miss the very people that God gave us as gifts right in front of us. They didn't beckon for their enemies, they beckoned for their partners. I love it because it literally, read it in the Greek, the exegesis is they gave them a sign. I don't know what kind of sign it was. I don't know about y'all, but if I've been fishing all night and I ain't caught nothing and it's daytime and I'm catching when I'm not supposed to be catching and I'm catching more than I can handle and I'm calling my buddy to come help me, I'm not just going. I'm going, hey, get over here, man, they bite. I remember fishing with my dad in Raymond River in the Chapalaya Basin. And man, we were spread out on the bank to find out where the honey hole was. I'm talking about cane poles with a cork, pulling them out. And I remember my dad down there at the corner of the bayou. He's going, whoo, he's pulling them out. Randy, me, Doug, Billy, Gene just spread. We ain't catching nothing. And daddy's just pulling them out. Finally, he looked down there and said, hey, boys, I found the honey hole. Come on. We ran down there with our little cane poles and corks, and we threw them in. As soon as they was hitting the water, whoop, 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 we caught 140 fish in about 45 minutes because he knew where they were. Y'all just miss it. When you find somebody that's catching, start watching for the sign. And God told me Quest is about to start catching like they ain't never caught before. And it's not time for us to say, don't come. It's time for us to say, come on over here. They biting right here. They beckon their partners. Look for your partners. God doesn't bring partners in your life so you won't be lonely. He brings them in your life so that you can enjoy the fullness of your purpose and the fullness of his power. Bring the partners. And the Lord spoke to me. I was in prayer about this message. And the Lord told me to tell you, partner up. Y'all didn't hear that. Partner up. Shout it loud. Say it again. Now, if y'all have ever played street basketball, you're going to know what I'm talking about. You playing ball, and whoever wins keeps the court. Then they pick teams. And the next team, okay, I'll take you, 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 and you. But not you. Oh, y'all see what I'm saying? Because you're the better player. So. And before long, this one dude done set out four games. Till finally he says, hey, hold up. I got next. 
Can I tell you something? Many of you have been left out of the partnership, but the Holy Ghost told me to tell you, you got. Tell your neighbor, it's my turn now. I'm about to become a partner. God is establishing a firm and he's not establishing his firm with friends. He's establishing his firm with partners. This is his firm. There's not one person in here less than the next person. We are all partners. I got stuff, you got stuff, he's got stuff, she's got stuff, they got stuff, they got stuff, you ain't got, I got stuff, you ain't got, but we're all partners together. Partner means to participate and to be a partaker. If you're going to partner, you're going to participate in the harvest. If you're going to partner, you're going to be a partaker of the harvest. Are y'all with me right now? It's time for our church to become Shout it loud, partner up. Stand on your feet right now, and I want you to go across the sanctuary, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, and say, partner up. Don't be uncomfortable. Don't be uncomfortable. This is not a Catholic church. We're not pulling beads and hollering Hail Mary. Go to somebody, shake their hand, and hug them, and say, partner up. If one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight, then how many can we put to flight if we partner together? Stop being independent. Stop being an island to yourself. Stop being isolated. Be a partner with us. Let's partner together to advance the kingdom of God. Let's partner together this harvest is too big for just one of us. It takes all of us. This harvest is too big for one boat. It takes all of us. We need you to partner. We need you to participate. We need you to be a partaker. You're not an island to yourself. Don't live isolated. Be a part of the family. Be a part of the firm. Be a partner in the kingdom of God. Feel like you belong. I need you and you need me. Together we can do stuff that we can't do by ourselves. I'm going to say it again. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. What if we all partner together and launch out into the deep? There's nothing that can stop us. I need you to give God the craziest, biggest praise that you've given him all day long. I'll leave you with two thoughts. Never forget the importance. of having partners in the purpose of God. I was in San Antonio. You really can't explain that dynamic. 30 years that church has been there. 30 years Paul Haven has been my partner. 
He pastors Quest Church Hill Country in Bolverde. Sunday, he said, Pastor, I will give anything if tomorrow you could just come by and look at my building. I said, Paul, I'm going to do my best. I text him at 10. I said, I'll be there at 10.30. He was waiting on me. Has one of the largest MMA schools in all of San Antonio. Please tolerate me for a moment. I'm going somewhere with this. And he has church in his building. And his church is growing. And he's saying, Bishop, tell me what to do. How do I expand? And what do, we, do we have church here or there? Where do, what would you do? And we sit there and talked for an hour and 15 minutes. And it went by like that. At the end of it, he gave me a big old hug. And he said, Bishop, I'm so grateful that I've been able to partner with you for almost 40 years of my life. He's still right there. The next day, I'm sitting down with John Lopez who's been with me for 30 years. And we're talking about ministry. I'm spending unlimited time with my son. And the list goes on and on and on of what partners. Josh is a partner. You know why Josh is here? Because he's not stupid. Do you hear me? He's not stupid. told him, Josh, come with me. Stay close to me. I don't know how many texts I get from Josh in a month. And all it is is gratitude. Bishop, just want you to know I love you. Thankful and I get to partner with you in advancing the kingdom of God. These relationships have gone on for decades and decades and decades. What has happened to that kind of partnership? Where we say come hell or high water, understanding or misunderstanding. I am a partner with this ship right here. And buddy, we may go into some mysterious waters, but I promise you the end result is going to be profound. Everybody shout profound. And the Lord instructed me in prayer, and I said, Lord, I'm uncomfortable doing these things. He said, do it anyway. He said to me, tell the people to renew their partnership to this house. I'm not talking about your pocketbook. I'm talking about your heart. Get your heart back in this house and say with everything you have, I'm a partner because one day, Pat, you're going to be sending signals. They're biting right here. And we're going to all go there. Do you, do you see the dynamic? So if you, I'm not asking you for an offering. Get your purse. Get your smart device. Get all your belongings in your hand. And if you will renew your partnership to this house, 
would you please come to the altar right now and let Jovan and I pray over you. Jovanna's going to come and stand with me. Come on, maybe some of you have never made this house your house. But today you want to become a partner. Come on up here. Come on up here. It is impossible to be a partner and not be a member. Because he sets in particular each member, right? I heard my beautiful wife say something profound this morning when we drove into that driveway. You have to understand, 30 years, no, 33 years of plowing in San Antonio. Me. My wife raised in San Antonio. Eight grandchildren in San Antonio. We drove in that driveway this morning, and you know what she said? Feels so good to be home. Do you hear that? And I told her, baby, you are so right. This is so our home. I'm so glad to be home. And Giovanna said, me too, baby. If we've partnered with you, at that level could you not reciprocate that partnership back to us because I can tell you where God is calling us is into the deep and in that deep is a great catch and we need everybody to join us for this great catch Giovanna's going to stretch her hands over this side, and I'm going to stretch my hands over this side. Father, we thank you. Genuinely, authentically, we thank you for the people of Quest Church, our partners. And Lord, we thank you that you are sending such a blessing on us that it's going to take all of us to handle it. Because the blessing on our house is coming on their house. The blessing that Giovanna and I enjoy is coming on every house represented here today. A happy marriage. A happy marriage. A healthy couple. That blessing is coming on couples in this church. The finances you have blessed us with as a couple, you're going to bless these people with. The health you have blessed us with, you're blessing these people. Lord, we're calling and we're blessing. We're beckoning and we're blessing our partners today. Would you lift your hands and begin to pray, God, let your blessing fall on my family. Can you do that?